My name is Megan. And my name is Ari. And this is Unapologetically Girl. We have come together to bring information to live the healthiest lifestyle and bring relevant information into your life. We are not doctors and always suggest discussing health content with your doctor before deciding if these lifestyle changes are beneficial to you. Information gathered comes from our personal experience, online articles, and relevant books. I have a background in marketing and a passion for personal development. I personally have a background in social work, and thus my perspective will come from the mental health challenges I have witnessed in myself and others. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. has been a long time since we've done this i want to say this year has been a year full of growth change life events fun summer (laughs) but all things that kind of get in the way of making time for a podcast yes we did have a fun summer it's kind of crazy that it's already december and like we're actually like a week into december and here we are (sighs) I know I cannot believe that either but I am happy to be recording again and reconnecting with everyone listening and just kind of to end the year on a positive note I feel. What is some of the things like looking back at this year that have kind of stuck out to you as some big turning points? This has been the first year that I used my planner like every day I open it up even if I didn't follow through with what I set for the day still every morning I made the intention of like planning for my life and that has been the biggest like life-changing huge habit that I have like the biggest impact in my life I think I've ever had from just changing one habit um and so just like focusing on goal setting this year has changed so much in my life and I'm so grateful like I wouldn't have thought my life could change this much in one year and it was difficult and it was not easy at any point (laughs) but it was also like one of the happiest years I've had in a long time too so that is my biggest takeaway from this year and the word I chose for the year was intentional and I feel that choosing that word really drove me all year long so I want to pick a new word for this next year and I haven't decided what that is yet but I really recommend that as well what about you I love that intentional that's a really good word that I think sometimes gets overlooked um by reactivity (laughs) we get we just get so reactive and forget to be intentional with our our thoughts and our actions um for me this year kind of ties into our topic today but I discovered a program called the mindfulness self-compassion program and I've been using it in my therapeutic work with some of my residents and there is also a just a light read um, on the self-compassion idea and I went through it this year well probably more towards the end of this year and it has just really stuck with me and resonated with me as a practice that 
I am adopting into my life. And as I've been changing my mindset about how I view myself, I've also noticed I've been changing some of the ways I live my day-to-day life. Um, Just being more kind when I like maybe don't get to all of my chores in the day or all the tasks that I wanted to complete. Um, Giving myself grace when I make mistakes and allowing myself to the space to make mistakes, which was something that I personally always really struggled with. And I still definitely have a lot of work to do, but just changing that narrative in my mind has been very helpful how you are with yourself and like your thought process when you do make mistakes can help you from like digging a deeper hole. You know, if you like choose to love yourself and give yourself some grace, you can recover from that faster. Well, and I love the concept and it's something that I think everybody kind of intuitively knows, you know, like that at some point you have to be that parent for yourself. Um, but I was always struggling, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you love yourself more? Or how do you, like, bring more of that into your life? And the nice thing about, like, the book that um, I read it. So it's called Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. And she has, at the end of each chapter, like, an exercise for you to do. And it's pretty, like, the exercises are pretty, like, self-explanatory they she spells it out and then you just kind of write about yourself and in a very intuitive way um to help you bring awareness and intention to um your thoughts and i think that that was really helpful to me because like i didn't realize how negative i was being towards myself uh until like and a scenario would come up and then um, I had to process through that scenario of like what I was actually doing to myself. And a lot of that had to do with perfectionism. Yeah. And even too, I feel like it's so easy to fall into the trap of somebody else makes a mistake and that hurts us. And our first reaction is I'm so stupid. I should have known better. But we cannot control other people's Mm -hmm. actions, but yet we turn it on ourselves. And so, like, catching yourself in that moment and switching the narrative can save you so much extra hurt that you would then dole out on yourself. But if you're not aware of it, then it's so easy to just be living your life and making it more difficult for yourself and not even realizing it. I think, so there's this quote that I'd like to share, and it kind of fits in with what we're saying, but it states, When we are always seeing the worst in others, our perception becomes obscured by a dark cloud of negativity. Our thoughts become malevolent, and this is the mental world we then inhibit. Downward social comparison actually harm rather than help us. By putting others down to puff ourselves up, we are cutting off our nose to to spite our face, creating and maintaining the state of disconnection and isolation we actually want to avoid. And when I think about that and kind of like what we were saying is when we're viewing like others, whether others mistakes um, or just what others, other people are doing um, and we're having 
a negative perception or even if we're comparing ourselves to others, I think that can also cloud our judgment of ourselves. I think that's a huge one if we're trying to connect with with others. I think that, that was just a very interesting thought because that's something that I noticed I subconsciously would do. Um, just like comparing myself, uh, not giving myself that um, like lens of humanity, even though even though others like you see them make a mistake and it's like, oh, that's fine. Like you're understanding. But then when you make a mistake, you're not. Um, I don't know. That was just one of the things that really stood out. I remember you talking about that. I I believe it was earlier this year or maybe it was a, a couple times, but you mentioning that, you know, that was something that you struggled with, with comparing yourself um, to other people and like where they're at in their lives versus, you know, maybe it was when we were talking about social media, but um, yeah, I feel that even I like forget not to compare myself and it can be hard like not to catch yourself in the moment when you're doing it. Um yeah, I really like that quote, too. Thank you for sharing that. Well, and then we go on, and the nice thing is is she breaks – so Kristen, the author, breaks it up um, into small bite-sized pieces of, like, okay, so how do you start living more self-compassionate? And this is, like, one of those things where it's, like, very, um, like, mental-oriented. It's about changing the, the thought patterns that you've been telling yourself. Um, and she goes to define three essential components to self-compassion. And those are self-kindness. And she defines that as um, being gentle and understanding with ourselves rather than harshly critical and judgmental. Uh, the second is common, having a common humanity. So feeling connected with others in the experience of life rather than feeling isolated and alienated by our suffering. I think this is super key. And we often do this to ourselves by having that judgmental lens and feeling like your experience is so much different than everybody else's. Nobody can understand you. I think if we take a step back, the reality is, is we all have thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And a lot of them stem from the same underlying emotions at the, at the core. And then the third one is mindfulness, that we hold our experience in uh, balanced awareness rather than ignoring our pain and exaggerating it. And I think that Balanced this, awareness. That yeah. is an interesting point. I, I think that is like the key to self-compassion because a lot of times you want to be careful with like, oh, you know... In, this is why I like the name self-compassion over self-esteem as well, because sometimes self-esteem can be looked at as like, you know, people can have inflated self-esteems, superficial, like high self-esteem, whereas like true self-compassion, you're holding yourself in reality, right? You're not gloating about yourself. You're not inflating your ego. Uh, you're holding yourself as a, as a human, having a human experience. And with that comes suffering. With that comes mistakes. 
but with that also comes accomplishments and achievements and that's like the same word but <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yes we know what you mean yes no that is so true finding like the balance and awareness from you know like why I don't like matter at all I don't have feelings I'm not you know to then I am the center of everything <laughs> and only like you know my experience matters um when we talk about like self-awareness I don't think I've ever had the thought of the like extreme side of that to where you're so self-aware it's like you're the only thing you're aware of you know well and it's like I haven't I personally haven't had that experience but I know a lot of people that act like that um and you hear you know those are the stories that you hear you hear all about um the narcissist who's me 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 or like the cognitive distortions that are just all about themselves and they only view the world through themselves and I think this is a good like teaching point to help not only ourselves but teach like younger generations of how to interact together in like a common humanity because there's so much divide yeah and there's so there is a lot of like the mental thought process of I'm so alone I'm the only one who's going through something like this but the reality is so many other people go through the exact same thing in their own way that you're not alone and it's good to remember that too because I feel like that can also lead to a very negative thought spiral as well like yeah. putting yourself in check like you know I'm not the only one it's not just me you know this is part of like the human experience this happens to people and it's gonna be okay like it's okay that this like sad thing happened like you can't help that it happened but but yeah. it's your responsibility to then move through it yeah right and that's that's where the responsibility lies and some of like the questions to ask yourself as you're moving through and trying to bring some more self-compassion and less critical talk um, are like, what am I observing within myself? What is, what is this feeling? And then asking yourself too, like, what am I needing? Because sometimes that's really key as far as like, are you needing connection? Are you needing um, to eat? <laughs> are you are yeah. you needing to fulfill like a physical um, thing or are you needing to kind of stop self-sabotaging and finally go see the doctor and finally go see maybe a mental health professional and um, get that support that you need? And then yeah. checking in, like, do you have any requests of yourself or of somebody else? Like, is there something that your environment needs to give you or is there something that you need to give yourself? I love the question of, like, do you have any needs or, like, what are your needs? Because, like, the place I was in last year, um, you know, I was – so much of my, like, everyday life was taking care of another person that I neglected my needs. And I wasn't even realizing I was neglecting my needs. Um, and then, like, realizing that I had needs and that it was okay to have those needs that – you know, it didn't make me like selfish or 
just that like my needs were like valued and mattered um, really helped me see how much of myself I was giving like for another person and helped me be like, okay, no, I need to take care of myself first and my needs, they matter. And then I can take care of someone else. But, you know, like checking in with yourself and asking yourself, like, what are my needs is really important because, I mean, I was living like a whole, I don't know how many years I was living like that without checking in and realizing that there was a big problem. And sometimes it can take, yeah, years to finally take that first step. And that first step often is probably the hardest because it's self-actualization. And as you recognize that you don't want life to continue being how it's going, going. And that power is within you. And you also get to create the lens in which you see the world. So if you're choosing to see the world and see yourself in a like self-critical, derogatory way, then your life is going to be led in such a way. I think that is kind of like one thing why values also are so important in identifying as you navigate like yourself and really give attention to yourself. Because if you recognize what values you have, then you can start to live more authentically through those values. And it becomes easier when you have difficult decisions that come up if you've spent time thinking about your values because instead of having to make that decision in the moment when it, it or like a real life situation is like testing that value, you already have that answer in hand. So it makes it so much easier to just, you know, go with the like the values that you have and move forward without having to be like, oh, well, what is really important to me? Oh, yeah, for sure. There was another, oh, this is the, another quote I really liked. So being human is not being any one particular way. It is about being as life creates you. And I loved that because I think sometimes, especially with social, social media, we get so caught up in, well, am I supposed to be this way? Or am I supposed to live my life this way? And we're trying to chase these things that maybe weren't meant for us. Like maybe that was meant for somebody else, but not for us. And so it's being okay with like flowing with how life is creating you. Yeah. Is the end of the quote being as life creates you? Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I think too often, you know, you hear, oh, I should have accomplished this by this age or I should have, like, I should be further on in my life at this point or have this job or I didn't think I would be here. But that's because we're following this, like, life structure that society has on buy a house by this point, start a family by this point, have your career established by this point. But really, there is no time frame in regards to, like, certain things. Like, you can't bear children into your 90s. But um, there's, like, no time frame for life and what order you're supposed to do things in. And by reminding yourself, you know, to like be the person you're supposed to be and move through your life as you're supposed to in your own life situation, I, that, I love that so much. That's such a good quote. 
Well, I think if more of us like realized that, I it would be really helpful um, to also kind of stay out of other people's business um, in the sense like I know there's been I've heard a lot of stories I guess of people trying to impose like their life trajectory onto somebody else and I think that's can be really detrimental if that person is not ready they're either not ready to make change or it's not it at in their life yet or even so then, just feeling pressure that's like incongruent with like what you need at that point you know yeah. and that and can really like uh ruin relationships because <laughs> that doesn't foster connection and it just adds so much outwards outward pressure on yourself like yeah, I just feel like if everyone remembered that we're all living our own life, taking our own path, figuring it out as we go, giving everyone a little extra grace for trying to figure it out because this is all, like the first time we're living too <laughs> and like figuring out how life works and the thousands of things you have to know in order to be an adult that, you know, things would be a lot more peaceful if everyone remembered that. And also just because you're living your life one way and choosing to do things in a certain order doesn't mean everyone around you should be doing the same thing you know that would be so boring if that would be like a society of just like the same life over and over and over again like no one would talk because they would be like no I already know what's going on in your day to day because that's what's going on in mine (laughs) and really though it's all about one of the big key components of self-compassion as well is all about like the human experience and connecting with others and how can we do that in an authentic way where we're breaking down those barrier barriers? We're <laughs> literally being like our true self. And I think that's why sometimes like a lot of people um, get stuck in that like circle of like using alcohol um, as like with friends a lot. Of, like even if like you're not like I wouldn't say like just a lot of times people use alcohol (laughs) to help them connect with their friends yep because it helps break down those barriers and you start feeling like your own authentic self when it's like there's really nothing different other than the inhibition that it helps create yeah i remember there was like a period in my life where i thought you know I had this fear of, I don't know, there being awkward silences in conversation or not knowing what to say or like having an awkward moment or something and that I needed alcohol in order to make me the friendly version of myself that is outgoing and can talk to anyone and has great conversations and is likable. Like I started associating the two, like my likability with alcohol and it was a big struggle to like realize that and then try to stop and tell myself I am the same person and I like myself and I know other people like me and I don't have to have a drink to be liked you know or to feel like so yeah being careful with that like it's great to have a drink with friends but if you're associating it with like a need to be the more authentic version of yourself and the better conversator then 
you know, I challenge you to try to go without because I feel like that also boosts your self-confidence is when you get rid of those crutches and then Mm -hmm. you start to learn more and more that I am amazing and I do like myself and other people like me too, just as I am not altered in any way. Yeah, exactly. I really, I really just enjoyed going through the self-compassion program or book, I guess, and using it as a tool to help me in difficult situations. And I continue to use it and practice it and meditate on it. Um, And the thoughts that come up around like giving myself that space to be understanding without the pressure. I think that's been super helpful and I hope to continue and take this into my neck, my new year and improve because at the end of the day, who is with you 24 seven yourself. Yeah. And so it's the best thing that you could do and invest in is building that self view. And, and I, sorry, no, you really, I really do feel that it helps you recover so much faster if you can catch that inner monologue and stop yourself from tearing yourself down further, whether it's your mistake or someone else's mistake that affects you, you know, telling yourself everyone makes mistakes. This is an experience that I'm able to collect data from. I learned from it. I'm able to say like, if it's a relationship, like these are things that, you know, I don't want in my next relationship or I don't know. It just, it helps your, you mentally recover. You can feel all the emotions that you need to, to move on. And while you're doing that, not make your mental headspace unfun for you to be in. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like you can just feel the true emotions that you need to from your mistake and then move on without then having to repair the damage you did to yourself and be like, you know, I don't know, just not being mean to yourself really helps. You recover faster when you do make a mistake or somebody else does that affects you is essentially what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And you wouldn't talk like that to someone that you love. Like if you have, you know, a best friend or a sibling that you're very close with or someone in your life, you wouldn't tell them, you know, how could you do this? You should have known better. Like, you're so stupid. Like, you know, you wouldn't tear them down. You would be like a support system for them. So loving yourself is being a support system for yourself in those times too. Which can be life-changing if you do it and if you get good practice at it because it's not always easy. Yep. It's not always easy, but it's definitely worth it. (laughs) It is so worth it. I was just thinking while we were talking about this, how difficult it is to be human. Like to the fact that we have to sit here and like think about being compassionate to ourselves. Like this, <laughs> like that we like that just can't be given. It, it it's mind boggling to me. And how important mental health is because so much of your life is impacted by the way you think about your life, yourself, the people in your life, your self-worth all these things and it is kind of exhausting having to be self-aware and you know check in on yourself so much but it is so important to do it in order to live your best life live your best life (laughs) (laughs) 
But honestly, I also feel like working on self-compassion can help you get to know yourself better too because that's something that I have experienced this year. I feel like I, not to be cheesy, but I met myself again this year. Um, And a lot of it was like, learning more about myself and realizing that like my needs mattered. So then taking care of myself and when I really didn't want to work out or eat something that I needed to eat or something, I would just remind myself like, you know, I'm not doing this for example, to lose weight. I'm doing this because I care about myself and I care about my body. And if I don't do it, who else is like, no one's going to care for you if you don't do it. And so that's like another rewarding part of the experience is like getting to know yourself better getting like learning to really like who you are and like creating that more positive headspace just makes it nicer for you to live in it like <laughs> I think yep. of it like you're like a house is, is like your head and then like you're living in it and if you have like someone yelling at you you just want to get out and so yeah don't don't be the yeller in your house be the nice person that you want to hang out with if that makes any sense at all <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's like, if that sums everything up, that that's exactly <laughs> it. that's the point, right? Is being nice to yourself and in your head. <laughs> Don't stop yelling at yourself in your head. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's funny because like I'm not a yeller, but I definitely like will sit and like beat myself up at times and like stew and or, like stew. Oh yeah, stew or like I'll start. I like to talk about my problems because I, I don't know. That's just what I do. And so I'll start bringing everybody in. And then I like notice that I get um, kind of worked up and I'm like, Oh, if I would have just like let myself like feel this thing, I I could have been fine with it. Isn't that true? It sucks sometimes, but the only way to get through it is to feel it. And the other thing that um, I, I saw on social media, some something someone had posted said something along the lines of stop trying to be happy. And it was with the point that we have a whole selection of emotions when it comes to the human experience that we can't only be happy 100% of the time. So it's okay to be sad sometimes. It's okay to be mad or frustrated or stressed or Like, you know, like all these other emotions are okay. So when you feel them, like don't have the immediate response of, oh, I need to fix this so I can be happy again. You know, sit in that emotion, feel the sadness, like shed a tear, feel the anger, let yourself be angry. And then by feeling it and going through it, it'll start to dissipate, go away, and then naturally you become happy again. Um, And so I really like that because it made me think about appreciating those other emotions instead of just trying to hate on all of them and get rid of them as fast as we can to go back to being happy <laughs> or you know? you know suppress them or dissociate yep. from them or you know all of the other things that we do yeah. with emotions when it, they come up <laughs> yeah, and loving yourself is loving yourself through all your emotions not just only picking happy and only loving that one because <laughs> it's all a part of you your emotions are a part of you it's your body's way of equalizing tension inside you and like what's going on in your life and yeah that book though is really interesting and makes me want to pick it up and do it as well um I love that as a goal for you know maybe this next year is really working on um 
just honing your self-compassion more because it is a mental skill that takes time to build. And even if you get really good at doing it, something can happen in your life that really makes it difficult to remind yourself that you love yourself and that it's okay. And that's going to be okay. Um, and that we all make mistakes. And so I love that. Yeah, that's a really great book. Thank you for sharing your experience with that. Thank you for listening to my experience with that. And I hope that it could help someone. I hope it helps someone too. And I hope that you know that I love you. And I hope that you love you. Because I think we're all amazing in our own way. And to be cheesy again, like we all deserve so much love. So you should be a great source of that for yourself. I try to be. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I try. I try. Yeah. I'm working it's on okay. it. Okay, everybody loves me. I know it already. <laughs> it's a it's a problem. It's a process. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We're so happy to be back and recording and to um have you know the one of our first episodes back be all about self-compassion and loving yourself. And we sincerely hope you do continue to live your best life. And I hope you continue to set goals and that you're excited for the new year. And yeah, that's all that I have to say to end this out. And I second. I second that. Great minds think alike. To the new year. (laughs) I'm so excited. I love the fresh start. It's going to be great. Yes, I agree.